Attention, case 12, Book of Serenity. Dizong planting the fields. The case. Dizong asks Shui Shan, where do you come from? Shui Shan said, from the south. Dizong responds, how is Buddhism in the south these days? Shui Shan says, there's extensive discussion. Dizong responds, how can that compare to me here planting the fields and making rice to eat? Shui Shan says, what can you do about the world? Dizong says, and what is it you call the world? And here's a rewrite for modern times. Chosen Roshi sees Miyoyu walking quickly down the front sidewalk, brow furrowed, looking at the ground. Miyoyu pauses to bow as she passes. passes. Chosen, looking into Miyoyu's face, asks, Miyoyu, where are you? Miyoyu replies, lost in a tangle of thoughts. Chosen, how is Buddhism in the tangle of thoughts these days? Miyoyu, looking doleful, responds, there is extensive discussion. Chosen, with garden trowel in hand, asks, how can that compare to me here planting spinach and stitching okesas? Miyoyu, there must be something more we could do. Chosen, and what is it that you think you're doing now? Very little is known about the two figures in the main case, Dizong and Shuishan. We do know that they both lived in the seventh century in China. Records say Dizong from an early age spoke very clearly and of his own volition abstained from eating meat. He ordained and followed the Vinaya and precepts closely. This did not satisfy his hunger for truth and he set off to practice Zen. Dizong began his Zen studies with Feng Yikun, but Feng's disciple, Zhuangsha, but it was okay, but it was Feng's disciple, Zhuangsha, who is said to have brought Dizong to full awakening. Less is known about Shan other than that he is a disciple of Dizong. He is not known to have any Dharma heirs. It is said that he spent time traveling with his friend, Fei Yan Wen Yi, who is known as one of the pillars of the five houses of Zen. I'll read the main case one more time. Dizong planting the fields. Dizong asked Shui Shan, where do you come from? Zui Shan said, from the south. Dizong said, how is Buddhism in the South these days? Zhuishan said, there is extensive discussion. Dizong said, how does that compare to me here planting the fields and making rice to eat? Zhuishan said, how, what can you do about the world? Dizong said, what do you call the world? What can you do about the world? You can read cute stories about animals in People magazine, which is exactly what I was doing when I read about the rescue of Wally the Wallyroo from the Illinois River. 
A wallaroo, if you didn't know, is the common name for several species of macropods. They are a little smaller than kangaroos and a little bigger than wallabies. One day a few weeks ago, the wallaroo got loose. This is a large, dog-sized, fast animal. Firefighters, police officers, local residents, and eventually a fisherman teamed up to get the wallaroo back to safety. Several roads in the area were closed through traffic as the wallaroo leapt erratically across yards, over fences, and into traffic. Eventually, Wally, in a desperate attempt to evade her pursuers, leapt into the Illinois River. A police officer had to hold back Wally's owner before she dove into the icy waters after her beloved pet. Much hollering ensued. The officers ran along the edge of the river, waving down a fisherman who luckily had his nets out and was able to catch Wally. After a two-hour chase, Wally was fished out of the river and passed into the loving arms of the waiting veterinarian who bundled her in blankets and whisked her off to the nearest pet hospital. And we all sighed a happy sigh of relief and patted each other on the back. What's most interesting in this story is not why someone in Ohio had a marsupial as a pet, but the comment made and quoted in People magazine by the police officer interviewed after the event. He said, today is probably the best day of the year so far. I do not know this person's mind, but I will guess at the components that went into making it the best day of the year. Firstly, presence. In order to actually catch a wallaroo on open ground, everything else must be set aside. Any self-centered thinking about what is for lunch, judgments of your cohorts, how your hair looks, will do nothing but slow you down and the wallaroo will have already leapt the fence and moved on. It feels good to let the imaginings of past and future drop away and fall into single-pointed focus of what is happening now. Building concentration is a beautiful and life-giving endeavor. Athletes and musicians know this well. In order to gain mastery of anything, even catching wallaroos, we need to be able to concentrate. The second factor in this police officer's best day of the year, as far as I'm concerned, is, his single pointed is that his single-pointed focus was given light and warmth from what Shoto Harada Roshi says is an innate quality in all beings. The Bodhisattva vow to save all beings. The police officer was enacting that vow, whether he was actively aware of it or not. What can you do about the world? On that day, it was very clear. A wallaroo was in distress and needed to be rescued. A band of humans came together for a common cause with a vow in their heart, the vow that is held however obscured in the hearts of all beings. And from the presence necessary to succeed at the rescue and from the actualization of that deep vow, it became the best day of the year. 
The line, what can you do about the world, is also translated as, how could you then save the beings of the world? What I would like to emphasize from the story is that we can start with presence, what is happening now. And from presence, I trust Harada Roshi when he says that the four vows arise, compassion naturally arises. Sometimes it doesn't feel so obvious, and how exactly to save the beings in the three worlds feels complicated and overwhelming. We aren't always on the front lines of a wallaroo rescue. But in presence and in trust, the mind becomes more and more expansive, and the possibilities become infinite. Hogan Roshi often says, much to my confusion, nothing objects to itself. I will very roughly paraphrase this another way based, based on an excerpt from a Shinshu Roberts book exploring Dogen Zenji's writing on time. There are no obstructions. When a raindrop falls from the sky and lands on a tree, it joins with the tree with all the other drops of water that have landed on the tree. It then slides down the trunk and returns to the earth. This is flow. The tree is not obstructing the raindrop, and the raindrop is not obstructing the tree. In the immediacy of the moment, there are obstructions. There is just flow, constant arising of phenomena. Now this, now this, now this. When I leave this room, I will exit through the door. And if I miss and run into the wall, it is still just flow. At the moment, it is just body and wall connecting. Things just are what they are. It is only when my mind believes that things should be other than what they are that the concept of obstructions arises. I will continue to explore this one raindrop at a time. Best to start small. I keep being reminded that this practice is not about being finally convinced by some new truth. It's about really looking one raindrop at a time, one tree branch at a time. As Byron Katie says, what is it that I'm thinking and believing that makes me think there are obstructions? In Zen, or at least at Great Vow, it is often said that it is our ability to change on a dime that is the true demonstration of our practice. When I was discussing this with Hogan, he said, for you, Miyoyu, let's make it change on a half dollar, meaning sometimes Miyoyu needs more than the usual amount of push in order to actually change. But even this phrase, change on a dime, can be dismantled. To change is to imply a shift in perspective, in orientation. If the mind is pliant and expansive, perhaps it just flows along with circumstance, no change needed, with the arising of phenomena from cloud to free fall to tree, to tree branch to earth and back again with no obstructions. I think that's what we do anyway, at least the free fall part. I'm not so sure about the landing. 
But I'm speaking beyond my experience, so let's turn back to the koan. Zizong asked Zhuishan, where do you come from? Zhuishan replies, from the south. This brings me to my awe of map making, especially maps made before computers, satellites, and GPS. Human beings will go to great lengths to verify their own existence. Look, I'm here after all. This map proves it. Between these lines and that small dot there, there I am. Geographical maps are beautiful in their own right, but state and country maps are what truly impress me. We carefully draw imaginary lines across great distances, mountains, rivers, oceans, so that we can point and say, that square there, that square is mine. I'm from a place, and I own a place, and therefore I am. Where do you come from? Perhaps this question is felt in the body. Memories and feeling tones of childhood rise out of the depths. Our birthplace can give us a strong sense of identity, and if we hold firmly to our own original origin story can be the structure upon which we build the rest of our lives. Origin stories are interesting and instructive. Obviously, much can be learned from unpacking our childhood and adolescent joys and sorrows. Hogan often asks, what else is true? One foot in the relative, we have the story of our birth in a particular time and place. One foot in the infinite, our view expands like the sky into boundless possibility. Where do you come from, Zizong asked. Through practice, I'm slowly learning to come from an open, kind heart. Starting with presence, clearing away the residue of maybe lifetimes of confusion, and trusting in the boundless nature of compassion naturally arising, I feel slowly more able to approach the question, what can you do about the world? Many, many times in my years here, Chosen would often say, maybe just learning to be kind is enough. That seems like a simple enough task, but when I really looked into the inner workings of my heart, I saw that I had a lot of work to do. To raise my baseline kindness so that no matter the circumstance, I could respond from clarity, love, and trust. I humbly commit myself to this work, however many lifetimes it takes. What can you do about the world, Zizong asked. Maybe learning to be kind is enough. It's definitely a good place to start. There is a verse about this case, and I have asked the Benji to read it. <clears throat> 